Black Innovation, White Appropriation. Just about all Black Music Matters podcasts have pointed out how Black artists have never profited as much as the white artists who recorded genres of music first created in the Black community. July's podcast was about the most successful Black artist of the 1940s, Louis Jordan, and how his music style and instrumentation was copied by Bill Haley and the Comets, the white group who then scored the first number one rock and roll hit, Rock Around the Clock. But it wasn't Bill Haley that hurt Louis Jordan's record sales. It was the racist and discriminatory practices of the recording industry. In 1954, the same year Rock Around the Clock hit big, the Supreme Court handed down its decision on Brown versus the Board of Education, calling the segregation of children in public schools unconstitutional. Many white Americans in the South panicked and began forming local organizations known as White Citizens Councils, which pledged to rid the South of rock and roll music. Their members believed that rock and roll, with its black roots, was being promoted by black organizations like the NAACP as part of a scheme to bring white teenagers in favor of integration. Well, the major record labels took note and thought, racists have money, racists buy records. And as a friend of mine in the music business would often say, it's not just about the money. It's all about the money. And that's why a super talented black artist like Jackie Wilson was not recorded by a major record label. And therefore, he would not get the promotion a white artist would receive. Jackie Wilson, Mr. Excitement, they called him. I was crazy about Jackie Wilson. He's the only artist whose music I purchased through the years in all formats. 45 records, albums, cassette tapes, CDs. Not only did he have an incredible voice, he had some of the greatest dance moves. In his teen years, Wilson was an amateur boxer. His training gave him the strength, flexibility, and balance needed to perform energetic acrobatic moves on stage, such as knee drops, splits, spins, backflips, one-footed across-the-floor slides, and basic boxing steps, like advance and retreat shuffling. He was incredible. James Brown and Michael Jackson were just two entertainers who gave credit to Jackie Wilson for some of the moves they incorporated into their acts. If you want to see a good example of Jackie Wilson move, I suggest looking up on the internet for video of him performing his 1963 hit. It's called Baby Workout. Now, Ed Sullivan had him on the show dancing, and you can find that one, but Sullivan had him perform on a small platform, so he was held back quite a bit. I think it's better to get the real Jackie Wilson by watching his 1965 shindig performance of Baby Workout. And what about his incredible voice? Jackie Wilson was a fan of opera singer Mary Alonza. And like Lanza, he had a tenor voice with a vocal range that covered over four octaves. And though Wilson had many rock and roll hits, his greatest hit 
was not in the vein of rock and roll, but of opera. The song is called simply Night. The melody was taken from an 1800s French opera called Samson and Delilah. The lyrics to Night tell how a lost love comes back to the man she left each night in his dreams. In addition to being called Mr. Excitement, Jackie Wilson was also named the Black King of Rock and Roll, and sometimes the Black Elvis, to which Elvis commented, Then I guess I'm the white Jackie Wilson. Elvis became a great fan of Jackie Wilson after the first time he saw him perform in Las Vegas in 1956. That was when Wilson was with Billy Ward and the Dominoes. Listening to tapes made of the 1956 million dollar quartet sessions, you can hear Elvis saying, There's a guy out there who's doing a takeoff of me. Don't be cruel. He tried so hard till he got much better. Boy, much better than that record of mine. Elvis kept praising Jackie Wilson to the group gathered in Sun Studios and went on to demonstrate to them just how Jackie Wilson sang Don't Be Cruel in his Las Vegas show with Billy Ward and the Dominoes. Then Elvis went on to tell the group he went back to the show three more nights just to see Jackie Wilson perform. Jackie Wilson also spoke highly of Elvis. During one interview with a disc jockey, he was asked if he had one hour to play only one type of music or one single artist on the radio, who would it be? Jackie Wilson answered, Elvis Presley. I know a lot about him. We're friends. The friendship began in 1966. Jackie Wilson was a major star by then, appearing on national television shows and famous clubs like New York's Copacabana, and he toured the country before sell-out audiences. But when he was booked for 10 nights in a Hollywood club called The Trip, Wilson was having trouble drawing an audience. Elvis heard of this, and to help bring in an audience, he showed up at the club two nights, and that did the trick. Soon the place was packed. That was the first time Elvis and Jackie Wilson met, and a bond between the two was formed. All of Jackie Wilson's associations were not as pleasant or helpful as the one he had with Elvis. Nat Tarnapol, who, despite having no management experience, somehow convinced Jackie Wilson to let him become his manager. It was he who signed Jackie to a subsidiary of the Decker label, Brunswick Records. Tarnapol eventually became president of Brunswick. Unfortunately, Jackie Wilson foolishly trusted Tarnapol and signed over power of attorney to him. Eventually, it was found that Tarnapol and Brunswick had been defrauding Wilson of his proper royalties, at least $1 million worth. Tarnapol had also failed to pay the IRS taxes due, leaving Jackie Wilson not only broke but in debt. Unfortunately, Tarnapol's mob connections made it difficult for Jackie Wilson to correct matters. Then tragedy hit on September 1975. Jackie Wilson was appearing in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, as one of the featured acts in a Dick Clark review. In the middle of singing his hit song, Lonely Teardrops, 
Jackie Wilson collapsed on stage. He suffered what sometimes was called a stroke and at other times a heart attack and went into a coma. Immediately upon learning the sad news, Elvis sent a large check to pay for Wilson's care. Jackie Wilson lingered for over eight years in a semi-coma state. He died in 1984. Elvis had died already in 1977, but his estate continued to contribute to Wilson's care. Songwriter Rosemary McCoy, who some listeners know about, knew Jackie Wilson. Nat Tarnopol's office was down the hall from hers, so she ran into Jackie Wilson often. One day, as she was opening the door to her office, Jackie grabbed her, turned her around, kissed her, and left. Rose said she almost fainted, because everybody was in love with Jackie Wilson. Well, Rose wrote a song that he recorded. It's called A Kiss, A Thrill, and Goodbye. Though Rose called it one of her nothing songs, I suggest listening to it on the internet, and especially listen to the end, and you'll see why Jackie Wilson was called Mr. Excitement, and also how Jackie Wilson could turn Rose's nothing song into something so exciting and emotional. There's so much more to say about Jackie Wilson. So much more music to listen to and exciting performances to watch on the internet. And there's the incredible story of Jackie Wilson's lost son, entertainer Bobby Brooks Wilson, also found on the internet. This is Arlene Corsano, signing off for now. Stay safe, be well, enjoy.